the show starts in three, two, one. Baseball time. What's up? Coming up in the program, it's Around the Bases. We have injuries, big injuries to the Astros. We have Otani coming back. We have Brett with us finally. Stay tuned. Let's go. Welcome to Around the Bases, a modern take on the game that most Americans think is slow and boring. I'm Colton Martinez. Alongside me is, for real this time, in the flesh, Brett Hintz. What's up? What's up? What's up? Excited to be here, man. I was I was itching to get back on the radio today. I uh, I've been on the I've been off the radio for about two or three months now, ever since me and Steven stopped uh, recording for football. And yeah, it's I'm happy to be back. Yeah, man. Well, how was your birthday? Oh man, my birthday. You only turned 21 once. That's the motto. <laughs> you only turned 21 one time, and it made me miss my first episode of this show. Um, so I apologize for that, but um, I don't apologize for my actions on my birthday. It was a good, <laughs> it was a good time. So yeah, I definitely we had a good time in, down down at Riverside. You can, you can believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds great. All right, so let's get into first base. This is the part of the show where we share all the headlines in Major League Baseball. You know, if you're the casual baseball fan, if you're not even a baseball fan, these are the things that you should know. So again, we are recording this on Sunday, and we have some games today. Sunday, March 7th, we have the Rangers taking on the Dodgers, the Orioles taking on the Pirates, the Astros taking on the Cardinals, the Blue Jays versus the Tigers, the Rays versus the Twins, the Red Sox versus the Braves, the Phillies and Yankees, the Marlins and Mets, Man, this always takes it out of me. The Indians and Athletics, the Giants and Reds, the Rockies and White Sox, the Cubs versus Diamondbacks, Everyone's playing the Royals that. versus Padres, yes, sir, and the Mariners versus the Angels. Let me catch my breath. <laughs> All right. So the funny thing is here, you know, ESPN does the things where they have, like, the over-under prediction of who's going to win the game. Well, the Pirates and the Orioles are equally as bad <laughs> So they said, like, they have, they both have an even chance of winning because they're so bad. <laughs> True. I mean, and plus it's spring training, so you never know. The thing with spring training is these guys are usually working on things like, you know, they're working on a certain grip on their fastball, on their slider, and their curveball. You know, they're always working on something. So you always, you always have to take these spring training performances with a the, with the grain of salt. And so that's why it's tough to project on whenever you're talking about spring training games and who's going to win them and who's not going to win them. You know, it's hard to get a, a grip on, you know, really the winner and the loser on them just because, you know, you never know these guys really are working on something new like every game whenever it comes to these spring training things. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely experimental. They're trying to make the team. So they're trying, and they're doing all these things. And, you know, I think spring training isn't like a true outlook of how the season's going to go, but it still is pretty funny to, to say that the Orioles and the Pirates both suck equally. As oh, yeah, are. absolutely. I mean, the Pirates, I mean, they, they traded away Josh Bell. They traded away uh, a key member of the rotation in Tyon. Uh, they're they're going to be rebuilding for the next few years, but, I mean, they actually have a direction now, which is a good thing. So – um, they reloaded yeah. their uh, their farm system, and I think they're going to be really good in years to come if they manage it the right way. But, yeah, they're going to be bad this year for sure, especially yeah. compared to the Orioles as well. They're going to be really bad. And I think that direction that you mentioned with the Pirates is something that the Orioles still don't have because yeah. they're, they're still – they're still looking for that direction, you know, because they still have some people on the books. They have Chris Davis, um, who they still owe money to. But the Pirates, they traded away everybody that they owed money to. Yeah. So I mean, I'm looking at the Orioles, the, the, what they did um, this past offseason. 
the Orioles, they traded away Alex Cobb and uh, cash considerations to the Angels for second baseman Jemai Jones, and they also acquired Garrett Stallings and uh, Gene Pinto from the Angels uh, for Jose Iglesias, and the only free agent they signed is Freddie Galvis. Uh, so usually, whenever you have teams like the Baltimore Orioles, um, you know teams that are going to be that are projected and they know it that they're going to be bad before the season starts. Um, usually, these guys or these teams they'll benefit uh, from going out and signing free agents that are you know that can have a good season and at the mid at the middle of the year at the All Star break or at the trade, yeah, deadline, trade deadline they can get something and you know get a younger player for them. But they only signed Freddie Galvis. Um, so Freddie Galvis being the only one they signed that sort of leaves them. Um, with just limited options for what they're going to do at the at the trade deadline. So yeah, I agree. Their their plan isn't as solid as at least you know it appears while we're in the middle of March, as Pittsburgh or anything like that for sure. Yeah. All righty. So we have some injuries to talk about. Jared Kelenic, who is one of the top prospects in baseball, the best prospect for the Seattle Mariners. He's out with a knee strain. So, you know, that that can set him back a little bit, especially if he was looking to make the Mariners. You know, this will set him back a little bit, uh, especially because the Mariners were talking about how they were going to sign him to a contract and he declined. So they were kind of going to kind of punish him and not mm-hmm. bring him up to the majors because he didn't sign that contract. That was just a whole messy situation. Absolutely. I mean, this this is a very timely show today. I, we have all the games going on right now, of course. Uh, but with Kalanick being injured, you know, it was also I heard y'all talk about it last week because um, y'all were talking about uh, former CEO Kevin Mather, his comments and, you know, the service time manip- uh, manipulation thing. And Kalinick was very adamant and his, him and his agent were very upset at, you know, at, I mean, as they should have been at Kevin Mather and his comments. Yeah. So, you know, this is a little this is going to be a little bump in the road for Kalinick. It's a knee strain. He should be fine. He's 21 years old and he had his first home run last week. The kid's going to be a star. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, it's very timely and very interesting that the timing of this, like I said, because it just keeps resurfacing in the news. You know, Kevin Mather and those comments, you know, and I was listening to y'all's show last week and I still could not get over the fact you know that he made the com those comments that he made they were just so <laughs> unnecessary to make exactly, you know what i mean they, yeah. they were just there's no reason i just i just don't see the benefit of it at all i mean i don't know it was just i can i still can't believe it and kellenick's one of those guys he's really outspoken i don't know if you've seen it but he has his own youtube channel he goes over some of his workouts um things like that. that uh just talking about how he's in the minor leagues and how he's 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 improving himself to get to the major leagues. So he's a really outspoken guy. I think baseball needs more of that. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's really important. Absolutely. I mean, especially with the whole service time thing, I think it's important for the players, especially young players like Kalinick, because he's a guy that's experiencing the service time manipulation thing right now. Um, because as you guys spoke about last week, that's a real problem across MLB, and it's a real problem that I'm not sure that there's a solution to right now, just because um, I'm not sure how recently the MLB and the Players Association signed their most uh, recent collective bargaining deal. Um, but this is going to be a problem that's going to exist in Major League Baseball for a while. Um, so to have young players like Kalenic make comments in the media like that, it's important if they want any change at all, especially whenever it comes to negotiating time. It's, it's important you know, that these problems are talked about, especially by some of the, the, the game's youngest, you know, biggest players. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in other headlines, this is these are like the huge headlines. The Astros are really leading everything. They signed the big free agent. You know, he's the last free agent to come off the board, Jake Odorizzi. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like a desperate move, a move out of desperation, um, because Framber goes down, and then Forrest Whitley goes down. Uh, you know, I would I was I was thinking about saving that for second base. Um, talk when we talk about the Astros, and I think I still will. But just going through the headlines because that is such a huge deal. You know, them signing Odorizzi after Framber and Whitley goes down. And this is something that affects the league because 
the Astros' strength used to be their pitching. Mm-hmm. Like you, you think about it, Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke, back to even having Garrett Cole. Those were some of the best pitchers in the league, and they were all on the Astros. And now it's kind of a weak. No, absolutely. Especially in the. I know you guys. I know you want to get more into it uh, whenever we get to second base. Um, but yeah, the Astros. They, uh, like you said, at one point pitching was their strength. You look at the rotation. You're like Verlander, Greinke, McCullers. Uh, you know, just Cole. I mean, their yeah. rotation is insanely stacked. I mean, they won a they won a World Series. You know, off the back of a, a really strong rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but now, like you said, it's really it's looking really bad. The rotation is going to have Granky, Christian Javier, um, Lance McCullers Jr. And, you know, now Jake Elderizzi. And like you said, this is sort of a thing that had to happen for the Astros just because, you know, the rotation and just the pitching in general for them, while they're getting some guys back, you know, they're getting Jordan Alvarez healthy again and their lineup looks to be formidable, this rotation, it's going to be a question mark. And it's yeah. going to make them – I don't know if they're going to win as many games as, as they think they might just because the rotation is just – it might it, like I said, it could be a question mark. Yeah, I created a poll on Reddit. And we'll go we'll go into that on, on in second base, <laughs> uh, talking about that, how uh, – how uh, how we we're not sure who's going to win the AL West and what kind of fans think will win the AL West. Yeah. I also want a side note. Doesn't Framber have like the biggest head you've ever seen? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen his head. Let me look at. Dude, I'm let me pull up a picture of his head huge. right now. Actually, I mean, I'm, I'm on an ESPN right now. I got to see his player profile. Yeah, man. <laughs> but oh my god, I'm looking at his head. His head is massive. Oh my Dude, god. His head takes up like <laughs> <laughs> the whole picture. <laughs> I mean, the guy is like 5'11", 239, and it looks like. He's all head. 60% of that 239 <laughs> is all head. The guy is all head, man. <laughs> it's a Framber alert, man. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But, yeah, he's all head and no finger because, you know, he got, he's got he got a fractured finger. He's going to be out for the year probably. So, Dude. yeah, that's bad news for the Astros. But, yeah, this dude's head is massive. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, so uh, – Let's move on to another news. Sam Dyson, he was a, a relief pitcher. I remember him back up with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been suspended for the 2021 season uh, under the MLB domestic abuse policy. So he was kind of, uh, I guess he was arrested for abusing his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a messy situation again there. I mean, it does happen in baseball, of course. Players come back. I know Odubel Herrera with the Phillies. He's an outfielder. Uh, he was an all-star a couple years back. He he dealt with the same thing, but he came back this year after being suspended all 2019. He didn't play 2020, and he's just back. And the Phillies are saying, you know, no, nothing's going to really negate his performance except how he does uh, in in spring training this year. Yeah, I mean, and Dyson is one of, is different a little bit than Herrera just because he's a reliever and he's also 32 years old. Um, and also before he was suspended for domestic violence, his, his last his the last stats that he has his ERA was a 7.15. I mean, I, and I know ERA can be a little bit misleading uh, whenever we're looking at relievers. Um, but this is a guy that has been declining ever since. You remember back in 2015, Sam Dyson was, was memorable. Batista. Oh, I mean, yeah, he gave he was the one who gave up the bomb. Yeah. But before that season, um, or before that occurring, he was really good for yep. the almost the entire year. I mean, watching Sam Dyson pitch, I mean, you saw his sinker. I mean, it went. It's like six. It has like eight inches worth of, of break. You know, what I mean, it's yeah. insane. It, it was. I crazy. mean, and, and I, I still I don't see how he even struggles now. I just I can have I can talk about Sam Dyson for a whole for a whole segment, just because like I said, the guy's movement. Like I'm serious. If you watch this guy's like if you watch him pitch, like this guy his his sinker moves this much and his slider moves like this much. And the listener can't see what I'm doing with my fingers, but it's about eight they're inches they're of break. Out. It's only they're spread out. So <laughs> <laughs> for the vision, if you're riding around in your car and you're wondering what I'm doing with my fingers, they're spread out about six to eight inches. I don't know, but 
like I said, Sam Dyson, he's going to struggle to get it's going he's going to struggle to find a job especially after this just because he was already sort of on the decline before this domestic violence thing and whenever this kind of thing happens, yeah, we might have seen the last of Sam Dyson in MLB too. I honest. think so too. Uh his wife was actually on Reddit um, cuz I I saw the the thing on the Reddit page and his wife commented on it. And uh, the you know wife, it was the same one that accused him of domestic violence. The same wife, yeah. And she was like, you know, it was it was hard because not a lot of people would believe me and oh, stuff like that. Well, I didn't see that. Wow. Yeah, she actually commented on the Reddit post. Um, I saw that she posted. Uh, she exposed Dyson like for the domestic violence on Instagram. On I didn't Instagram. see. I didn't see the Reddit thing. Yeah. No, it it happened. I guess when the news came out that that uh, he was suspended for the 2021 season. Yeah. So Dyson. Yeah. Like once upon a time, a really good reliever for the Rangers, but. Also, nowadays, not so much of a good person. So, yeah. <laughs> next story, man. Yeah, yeah. Sorry good morning, about that. <laughs> good morning, Austin. <laughs> Great to uh. bring the good headlines for you. Okay, let's get into something exciting. If you're a baseball fan, Shohei Otani is back. Yeah. Uh, the he's a two-way player, pitcher, crazy hitter. Uh, five strikeouts in his first pitching start. He was overthrowing the fastball just a bit. His breaking balls were amazing. If you got to see it, the movement on that was crazy um but yeah he just had a, a little bit of trouble controlling his fastball i mean when you throw 100 miles per hour <laughs> sometimes you can have that happen especially in your first spring training start i mean this guy like two days before he did that he hit like a 486 <laughs> foot home run i don't yeah. think we know i don't think we talk about enough about much how much of an alien shohei otani is <laughs> He's like crazy. yeah we're talking about like this guy's throwing 100 miles an hour now like two days ago he just hit a ball almost 500 feet yeah, like and it was against. The what Rangers. are we doing here? Like this guy, <laughs> oh my God, he's so good. I'm and I'm I'm a Rangers fan, and so obviously I'm gonna be rooting. I naturally root against everyone else in the AL West. Yeah, but as also the biggest Mike Trout fan in the entire world, I'm I'm also excited for him to have some somewhat of a consistent you know lineup protection. You know that way he can actually you know perform to the best of his ability. I mean I don't know Shohei Otani is just yeah he looked great the other day on the mound, and it's just mystifying to me because like I said this guy. He just hit a f almost like a 500-foot home run the other day. Like <laughs> the and, that's and, that and he does that on the regular. You know what I mean? This guy is a, an alien on the mound yeah. at first base. I mean, this guy, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> the ball comes off his bat just different, man. Oh, it just absolutely. like springs off like and a slingshot. The dude was, yeah. put on this, he was put on this earth to play baseball. It's crazy. So, and it's, it's so exciting to see. Like, this guy is hitting 400-foot bombs. He's throwing almost 100 miles an hour. He's got a nasty splitter. Just as a guy that's, you know, appreciates just the pitching aspect of it. I mean, yeah, the guy is incredible. Yeah, man. I'm excited to see him. You know, it's 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 pretty cool that we get to see Trout and Otani mm -hmm. on the same team. Like, obviously, I'm I'm happy when the Angels suck <laughs> because yeah. I'm a Rangers fan Absolutely. and stuff. Um, but you know, seeing that amount of talent on one team, it's insane. Mm -hmm. Especially with Pujols too. I mean, I know we're gonna talk about Pujols later. Um, but you know, all that talent in the same lineup is just so exciting to see. Like, I I would definitely tune into an Angels game even if I didn't put money on it in yeah. just like a regular season game, just to see all that talent. Uh, and uh, I guess we can we can talk about Pujols right now. Yeah, uh, I know that we had it later into uh, into this. You know that he lied about his age. You know, I think there was like a podcast. Um, and in in 2012 or before the 2012 season, of course he signed with the Angels. Uh, but the other team that was in on him was the Miami Marlins, mm -hmm. and they ended up signing a whole bunch of free agents, and that didn't go well for them. But they were like, it was talking the uh, the general manager was talking about. You know, nobody could believe that Albert Pujols was really that age. And the things that were coming out of the Dominican Republic at the time, you know, lying about names, right. uh, just age lying, things like I'm that. I'm sure it's a common thing, especially back then. Yeah. But and so he did it back then? 
Yeah, it, w- it was back then in the 90s. Ah. Um, so is he older or younger than we think he is? He's older? He's older. Right. Uh, I think I think that his stats kind of show <laughs> that. Uh, I mean, like I wanted to talk about Albert Pujols a little bit um, just because um, what you wanted to talk about how much or how he lied about his age. But I heard y'all talking about him last week mm-hmm. um, just as much as, you know, because he's supposed to retire th- after this year. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about Pujols a little bit just because in this almost in the same light that I was talking about Otani, and I do this a lot whenever it comes to MLB players. I like to I like to you know idolize these guys just because I think these guys are aliens and they're insane. But especially Albert Pujols, this guy is somebody who is one of the top five right-handed hitters in maybe MLB history. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I heard y'all talking about him last week and how much like he's declined in his most recent years and everything like that. But this guy, like, <laughs> I mean, he's one of the best right-handed hitters since Mickey Mantle. You know what I mean? Like it's. In, I mean, if you look at his numbers, like I mean, I'm gonna read some of your numbers. I'm gonna read some of his numbers to you right here. His batting average back in 2003 was 359. His OBP that year was 439. He did that on top of hitting 46 bombs. Yeah. I mean, and he did this for like years. Like he. Oh my God. I mean, I'm just going down this guy's baseball reference. I mean, and ever since. I mean, until about 2012. This guy. I mean, right when he signed with the Angels, he oh, got the money. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he was a little bit older, so you can ex- yeah. you can understand why he declined a little bit. I mean, the Angels were always stupid for giving him that amount of money, but yep. you know they were de- they were desperate for giving him. <laughs> they were desperate to give someone that mu- that much money. But like I said, I just wanted to speak about it, and I just wanted it to be acknowledged a little bit, at least on the radio, just because I don't think we appreciate Albert Pujols enough. Just because I think he's been here for so long that especially guys that are our age, especially you know, we sort of only see the Albert Pujols. That's oh. You know, yeah, it's just that, you know, it's Albert Pujols. He's a million years old, and he's hitting <laughs> 270, and he can barely get down to first base, and he gets thrown out at first whenever you hit it to right field. Yeah. But you were watching this guy during the 2000s. This guy was a machine, like Barry I mean, Bonds-level machine. The you machine. That's what I'm saying. And as a Rangers fan, you know it because we saw him in the, in the World Series. This guy, he was a playoff performer, too. This guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's also never had any steroids accusations, anything like that. I mean, there's some people who think so. I mean, I know I know of some people, but he's never had any sort of suspension or anything like that. But like I said, I just our Pujols appreciation time. Our Pujols so good for so long, and we just need to appreciate him more, especially now that he's retiring. Pujols pod, we're we're Pujols pod. We can do yeah. a whole. I could do a whole <laughs> segment over our Pujols, man, and he's an angel. So I mean, I don't know, man. The dude is great. Oh, I get that. Did you say he's an angel? An angel, like a Los Angeles <laughs> angel. I mean, maybe he's an angel in real life, too. I mean, maybe he, he, he probably is. I mean, but, like, he's a Los Angeles angel. So maybe he's an angel as a person, too, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's got one of the smoothest swings you've ever seen. Oh, dude. I remember. Still, even still, dude. Even yeah. still. Yeah. I remember even, like, idolizing his swing. Oh, yeah. Too. Like, the, sp- I, the spread out stance. Yeah, dude. I mean, I still even watch him to this day. Like, when I watch him, the Rangers go against the Angels, I still watch Albert Pujols at bats just because he watched the swing. It's the same swing whenever he was still really good with the uh, – with the uh, not with the Pujols, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the Cardinals. Um, it's still the same swing. And if, you, if you're a pitcher, and even though he's a million years old, if you leave a pitch right down the middle, it's Albert Pujols. He's going to yeah. smack you. You know what I mean? He's going he's gonna to hit the baseball mm-hmm. just because that's so repeatable and it's so good. You know, it's still poetry in motion, his swing. I just love to see it still yeah. to this day. Do you think that he told his, his wife his age, like his true age? There's a <laughs> lot of people it, There's a lot of people that are saying that he could be like 45. <laughs> uh, I wonder how, wait, how how old is his wife? Do we know that? I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, let's, let's see. I mean, wife, age. Let's look up Albert Pujols. That has to be up there about like lying about your number, right? I mean, uh, what do you mean? Like your phone number? No, like your... your encounter with partners oh i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah but whenever, whenever you speak to your wife but i mean i imagine his wife probably knows just because his wife wasn't the one trying to sign him to like million dollar deals you know 
So like that w- those were the professional teams. They were, he was the one. They were the ones that he was having to lie to, so they would like you know, you know, buy his services. His wife, like I feel like that should have been a, a, at least a, a mutual agreement, you know, where we can be honest. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you never know though. It is Albert Pujols. The guy's great. Maybe he's like a winner altogether. Uh, I mean, he's he's forty one. He's listed as forty one right now, um, but the former MLB exec said that like. People coming out of Dominican could have been lying. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I don't think he's 45. So there's no, we don't have any, like, clear indication on <laughs> what his age is. Like, no. we don't know. Has anybody asked him? No. <laughs> so, like, so someone needs to ask. Can we get Albert Pujols on the show? Uh, so we can <laughs> ask him what, like, what his interview. age is? I just want to ask him one question. I mean, maybe a few questions. But, like, number one, like, how old are you, dude? Like, <laughs> I feel like you're, like, a, a pretty big-time celebrity who's worth a lot of money. Like, we should have, like, at least a, a ballpark. You know you're what I mean? Ask him, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to ask, know. like... <laughs> That's just funny that we don't have like a clear indication on, on what his on what his age is. All right, well let's move on um, to the next thing. The Mariners also in the AL West. They have more ties than wins or losses. That's kind of funny. You know how how ties are actually a thing in spring training. Yeah. Um. So that that's just like a small headline. Oh yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's interesting. Like I said, it just it just speaks to what I was saying earlier. The mar- like the spring training in general and just how much of a of a development process it is. You know. Regular season, obviously, these teams without being—it doesn't even have to be said. They're they're there to win games. That's what they're paid to do. But in spring training, it just—you see this not just in MLB spring training. It, I, I'm, by the way, guys, I was a bullpen catcher. With, I didn't. I don't think I said that. <laughs> on, I s- meant to say that in my introduction. I was a bullpen catcher for the UT baseball team. So just seeing that, you know, even preseason in the, at the college ranks, like these guys are always working on different grips on pitches or a different a different mechanic in their in their delivery or something different. So you know, what I mean, like so. The ties, the fact that that's allowed, it just speaks to, you know, the sort of the development process. Yeah. People were freaking out also how Clayton Kershaw threw a changeup this spring training. I'm freaking out at the <laughs> fact that he threw a changeup. What is that? I'm scared. <laughs> he threw only two last year. Obviously, he kind of had like a little bit of a, like, I guess a renaissance, a career renaissance. Clayton Kershaw's still amazing also. He's still yeah. in the same category as Albert Pujols. Um, but in 2019, he had kind of a down year for Clayton Kershaw standards. Uh, in 2020, he kind of came back, and you know, you kind of think if it's if it's his pitch mix that kind of had that effect on him, mm-hmm. not throwing the changeup as often. I guess like people were freaking out, Dodger fans were freaking oh. out that he threw a changeup. I <laughs> mean, Clayton Kershaw is Clayton Kershaw. I mean, he's one of the better pitchers to ever play the game of baseball. But the fact he's also getting older, which means he's gonna probably have a, inevitably a drop off in velocity, and you know, you lose things as you get older. So the fact that he's adding pitches now. Like mm-hmm. that just speaks like he's gonna be good for a while. I mean, if he yep. if he adds that changeup in and he's like uses it consistently, like have you seen his curveball? Like, <laughs> like it's like, dude, I could watch that on loop. That's the definition of a twelve six curveball. Oh, absolutely. That's the that's that is the most symbolic or not even the most. I don't even know what the the word is, but the most representative uh, representative. I don't even know if I said that <laughs> right. Whatever. It's the best twelve six curveball okay. that you that you can see as an example, like to show to a younger pitcher and be like, this is the one that you want to emulate. You know what I mean? And so the fact that he's adding another pitch to his arsenal, like he's already Clayton Kershaw. He's already. Um, an alien and I was so happy to see him perform in the playoffs last year just because I was really tired of seeing the the Clayton Kershaw playoff thing because honestly he hasn't been that bad in the playoffs he hasn't been Clayton Kershaw level like regular season level Clayton Kershaw maybe but he still hasn't been that bad in the playoffs I still think he's had some really good performances and so the fact that he has a ring now we talked about it on the on last show on the last show, how he's just been a victim of his own success. You Absolutely. know, he has all the, su- the success when he's so young, mm-hmm. and then 
the second that he becomes older and, and is, isn't as good. I mean, this is a guy, he came out of high school, he was regarded, you can, I've talked to, I, I used to get hitting lessons from a guy who um, I believe gave Clayton Kershaw or one of his teammates hitting lessons back whenever he was at Highland Park, and I remember talking to him, and he was like, this guy, it's almost LeBron James level expectations coming out of high school. I mean, in high school, this dude was insane. I mean, you can ask anyone that's from Dallas, like, like myself. <laughs> this guy was well-known. I mean, he still is well-known all around Dallas just because he dominated. So coming out of high school, he was regarded as one of the better pitching prospects in a long time. And so to see him finally have that playoff success, I mean, plus Clayton Kershaw is just a great dude in general. So just to see him have that playoff success, it, it made me happy, made me smile. Just and to see and that. that's why I thought it was so outlandish in, in last week's episode when they were talking about how um, – how he could be retiring. Oh, yeah. And, and that just, like, seems so far out of reach because he's still got so much left in the tank. And honestly, I think he could come to Texas. If he wants to be closer to you. Texas, be closer to the I family. Heard you. I heard you speak about that on last week's episode. I was listening to it this morning, and I <laughs> wanted to come through my phone and be like, yes, yes, God, yes. But that would require the Texas Rangers to not be cheapskates and actually, you know, to make something happen in free agency, which is something that we're not real keen on doing in the last five years. So I don't know. Like a but, three year ninety million. But he is from Dallas. He's a Dallas boy. And so if he came back if he came to another team, you would think that Texas would be high on the list. I think he was a Texas fan growing up, Texas Rangers fan growing up. So he's only thirty two now, and if he's adding a changeup, he might have a little bit left in the tank. So let's do it, Rangers. Let's do it. I'm down for it. All right. So now we're gonna get into predicting the MLB award winners for the twenty twenty one season. Mm-hmm. So this is these these are who I came up with. Um, I guess we can go through like I'll say my AL MVP and then you can say your AL MVP, um, and then NL MVP and so on. Okay. Uh, so AL MVP for me, I think the Chicago White Sox are a great up and coming team, and Tim Anderson has that drive, that ambition, and he plays at a premier position, shortstop. He Love hits really well. So Tim Anderson is my 2021 pick for the AL MVP. And by the way, like these are super early picks. Oh, <laughs> we shouldn't training. even be making them, but I, s- I thought it'd still be fun. That's what we do. I mean, this is a this is a hot take. This is a hot take. We got to. <laughs> no, Tim Anderson. I can definitely see him winning the MVP. He's a really good player and is also really good for the game of baseball. I mean, love it. I mean, Tim Anderson is like I said, really just really good for the game of baseball in general. And I would there's I have no problem at all um, with that <laughs> that prediction whatsoever. All right. And uh, did you have, like, another pick for AL MVP, or did you uh, think that uh, – For AL MVP, you know what? I'll agree with you. Tim Anderson, I'll go with I'll go with your pick just because the Chicago White Sox are supposed to be really good this year. I'm going to be watching a lot of Chicago White Sox games. Their lineup is stacked. I love what they did in the offseason, adding Lynn and adding everyone else that they did. So, you know what? I'll agree. I'll go with you, Tim Anderson. All right. Sweet. Now, NL MVP, you could have gone, like, a whole different way with this. You could have gone Fernando Tatis. You could have gone Juan Soto. Um but for me, seeing seeing Bryce Harper hit that opposite Ooh. field home run, yeah, it's a bit of a hot take. A lot of people think that Bryce is is kind of off of it. I feel I realized that I just wrote Bruce Harper. <laughs> it sounds like it's like an old man. Hey, Bruce, Bruce <laughs> Harper. Um, Doesn't really carry the same level of swag that Bryce Harper has, <laughs> right? Bruce question, Harper bro. sounds like a guy with like a shaved head, <laughs> and he like goes to the convenience stores all the time. It's a clown name, bro. <laughs> But Bryce, I think he's going to be the NL MVP this year. He just looks great coming out of the coming out of the gate, and the Phillies might not be as good as a lot of people think, but they they're a surprise team. Oh, for sure, and they added some really good pieces over the offseason too. And I like Bryce Harper, even whenever he has his down years. I'm one of those people that appreciates Bryce Harper and how what he does well, especially getting on base and taking walks. I think that's a very undervalued trait still, even with all the analytics today. 
Um, but I'm actually going to defer from you on this one. My hot take, and it's a pretty good hot take considering his performance last year. I'm going to go Christian Yelich. Christian um, Yelich. Just because last year he hit 205, he had 12 home runs. It was a down year for Christian Yelich. But this is not who Christian Yelich is. If you see him play year in and year out, the guy is too good to struggle consistently. The guy's swing is too good. He works too hard. He's too talented. I think uh, I think you're going to get a big uh, – he's going to regress to the mean. And the mean for Christian Yelich is MVP level. So I, I, think, I like that pick yeah, a lot. I think, I think if you go – if you look, if you're looking at you know the MVP candidates, maybe Mookie Betts for sure. That's a safe bet. I think he's the the leading uh, favorite on whenever you look at the sports books. Yeah. But Christian Yelich, I think you're gonna have a big bounce back here from him. I mean, he he's come to spring training, and a lot of people have said that he's like beefed up. Like oh, I mean, bigger. absolutely. I mean, I'm sure he's gonna come in with a chip on his shoulder as well, just because last year that's not Christian Yelich. You know, I mean, yeah. if you watch Christian Yelich year in and year out, this guy's gonna be a star. And I think if you regress back to the mean, which is Christian Yelich, mm-hmm. he's gonna be an MVP. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the pitcher side of things. AL Cy Young Award winner. Mine's also from the Chicago White Sox. And can you imagine if they do have Tim Anderson and Lucas Giolito? Tim Anderson as MVP, and my pick for Cy Young is Lucas Giolito. So having both of them right and having them doing well, the White Sox are going to be, like, unstoppable. And actually, we're going to get into the NL Cy Young uh, right after this break. All right, we are back to the show. Uh, we had to go to break right after that. I shared my AL Cy Young Award winner. I picked Lucas Giolito. And Brett, do you have an AL Cy Young Award winner? Yeah, um, my uh, AL Cy Young Award winner is a guy who was in the news a lot just because he was recently a free agent. Um, but I'm going to go with Garrett Cole. He had a strong year last year. Um, I don't know how well he performed in the playoffs. I don't remember. Was he was he good in the playoffs? He was good. Yeah, so I think if he's coming off of a strong year in the playoffs last year, I think the Yankees are going to have so much talent up and down the board. I think he's just going to really be able to carry that lineup and also the rest of that rotation. He's going to be really good. So Garrett Cole, that's going to be my pick. It's a safe pick. It's a lot, a lot yeah. more safer than Christian Yelich. I like that. I like, I'm going to go with Garrett Cole for yeah, sure. Yeah, and the pinstripes and everything. Mm-hmm. All right, so for the NL Cy Young, we have somebody who, as Ranger fans, we're really familiar with, man. He – he was amazing. He was electric with you Texas, and it's great to see him come back. That's right. You Darvish of the now San Diego Padres. He's mm-hmm. my pick for the NL Cy Young Award. Hey, that's a good pick. You Darvish, I love one of my favorite Rangers ever. He was got a lot of flack um, for his amount of walks, and you know the frustrating thing was he's a big strikeout, not a big ground ball guy. Yep. But I love you Darvish. I was a big you Darvish fan whenever he was here, and so I really do like that pick. Um, but I'm gonna go with Max Scherzer. Give me Mad Max Ooh. because he was like I don't know how I don't know how great he performed last year. I think he had yeah. A, last year was a bit of an off. He had a bit of an off year, and it's almost sort of, so it's almost sort of in that same light as Christian Yelich. It's sort of a, ba- a bounce back year. He's real. He's really way too talented and way too good to struggle. You know as much as he did. So give me regressing back to the mean for 500, please. Like I, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All righty. So the rookie of the year. I'm going with a safe pick here. This is probably gonna be my safest pick. Randy Arozarena. Obviously, he was with the Rays. He did amazing in the playoffs. He became like a, a crazy star. standout performer. Yeah, a star. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, that's a safe pick. I mean, I feel like every, if I was a betting man, which I am, but <laughs> if I was putting money on this right now, I would put money on that as well. Just because, yep. like I said, last year in the playoffs, the dude came out and became a star. Not so much of a household name, but if you have a Twitter and you have an Instagram account, it was hard to miss the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. This guy is insanely talented. He's just another one of those guys that the Rays have done. I mean, you know, the Rays as a front office are incredible at finding these guys that, you know, who is this guy? But he's really good. So this guy, I think, yeah, for sure. Rookie of the year, that's my pick as well. His powerful boots, his cowboy boots he got made in Mexico. <laughs> that's a, it's badass, dude. I love it. That's I, I love I love when players like have a little bit of flair to them. Whenever they have a little bit of edge and there's something that you can say like, oh, this guy has some huge cowboy boots or this guy has – 
you know, he 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 stares out of the pitcher like every time before every pitch, like Juan Soto. You know what I mean? Guys that yeah. have that flair to him, so great for the game of baseball, and I love it. Yeah. All right, for NL Rookie of the Year, I know we mentioned the Pirates. They don't really have much to look forward to right now. Um, but I pick Key Brian Hayes, who's going to be their third baseman uh, for the NL. I think he's a great player. So, number one, the Pirates aren't that good. So, he's going to have a great spot in the lineup to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be able to see pitches. The only thing that I'm scared of is that he might not have protection. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a third baseman. He's got great skills in the minor leagues. He's done very well. And he's got, like, light tower power. Mm-hmm. So, I think I think he can do really well with, with the Pirates. Okay. Well, my pick is going to be Ian Anderson, third overall pick in the 2016 MLB draft. Ooh. He's a uh, pitcher for the Braves. He's going to actually have an opportunity to compete this year. Uh, the Braves' rotation is actually, I think, probably their biggest question mark. So they're going to be going to be relying on Ian Anderson, you know, for some quality innings and some quality outings. So he had, he also got an opportunity last year, um, just because the Braves had a little bit of injuries. And last year he had a 195 ERA. Um, hitters hit 172 against him, and his K9 ratio was 11.4 in his six regular season starts. I like so, um, he was, he was He was great. And he was really good in the postseason as well. Yeah. He had a .96 over four starts. I mean, he was the, he was the Braves' best pitcher. Oh, in absolutely, the, in the dude, and he's just a rookie. So, yeah. you know, it's almost sort of that same thing um, as my AL rookie of the year pick. It's sort of safe, but it's one that I'm confident in for sure. Yeah. All righty, well, we're going to move on to second base. First, we're going to go in the Rangers, then we're going to the Astros. Brett. Will you tell me who the Rangers are taking on in their lineup today? They are taking on the former or the world champs, the reigning world champs, Los Angeles Dodgers. That's right. Um, and our lineup is Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Uh, He's hitting leadoff uh, and playing shortstop. Brock Holt at second base. Joey Gallo playing right field. Uh, Crush Davis, DHing. Rugnet Odor playing third base. Um, Brandon Lau at first base. Um, we have White. I'm not sure. Yeah, Eli White. Eli White, for sure. I forgot his first name. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, not no a casual. Heim, catcher. I think we traded for him this offseason. We did. And we have Delano DeShields in center field. He's back. I'm so glad to have Delano DeShields back. I love Delano. I mean, he's he's a guy that's going to hit 260, 270, not too much at the plate. But, you know, he's, 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 really, he's well-liked in the locker room as well. And speed's really exciting to see. And plus, he's made a lot of strides as a center fielder as well. Because I don't know if you remember this or not, but he wasn't an outfielder coming up. He was a second baseman yeah. shortstop prospect. And so the fact With that the Astros. he's – the fact that he's making um, this progress as an outfielder is really good. Yeah. And our pitchers today is going to be Mike. I just put his first name, but it's Mike Fultinevich. I just, like, <laughs> didn't want to spell it out. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna. I was not going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Jordan Lyles, Kyle Cody, Dane Dunning, and Hyun Jong Yang. Man, you're killing these names. <laughs> I'm proud of you for that. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a seven-inning game in Surprise, Arizona. Uh, I've always liked that that name, Surprise. Surprise, yeah, it's a good name. I like I like that name for a city, especially a spring training city. You never know. It's a yeah. surprise, I guess. It's always a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and we have some injury notes. We have Brett Martin. He has back spasm. David Dahl, of course, he's coming off of shoulder sur- surgery. Rangers should have him healthy. He's a 2019 All Star. So if he is healthy, he can be a really good bright spot for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. They have Demarcus Evans with a lat strain. Sam Dog. Huff, uh, catcher of the future, mm-hmm. hamstring. Uh, and then Anderson to Todd, I put what like an elbow infection. He has an elbow infe- infection. Like, is, it, is he going to lose his arm? Like, are we okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, what oh kind of infection God. are we talking about here? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was like from a. I don't remember him going undergoing like surgery or anything like that. No, I, that's the first I've seen it actually. Yeah. No, th- me too. That was pretty crazy. Everyone got scared when David Dahl was hit by a pitch. Um, he was having an at bat. He got hit by a pitch. Everybody got scared because he's so injury prone. Yeah. Um. 
kind of like wrap wrap him up in bubble wrap. I mean, David Dahl was one of the the key offseason acquisitions for the Rangers. I mean, one of my biggest frustrations as a Rangers fan, um, and just as a baseball watcher in general. I mean, it, it's probably because I'm a Rangers fan. Um, but it, it's literally the lack of moves that the Rangers have done in the offseason. Yep. I mean, they used to be a team that would be in the conversation for all of the big guys. Like, in the early 2010s, they were in the conversations f- for everybody almost. Every big-name guy. Because they're sort of in a weird spot where you can't really tell if they're the Rays or if they are the Yankees. You know what I mean? Because yep. they're big market enough, but they're not really on that level of L.A. or New York. But I they're I also – but they sometimes they, they make decisions and they spend money – like they're Tampa Bay, so that's sort of my biggest issue with the Rangers. I can do a whole segment about this, you know, whenever we want to. That'd be but awesome. Yeah, it would be awesome, just because I don't think we know really yet whether we want to be the Rays or the Yankees yet, and yeah. we or we can't really find a happy medium either. So my point is making that David Dahl was one of the was one of the guys that we signed this off season, was one of the few guys that we signed this off season. So his health is paramount to the Rangers' success as a team. I mean, I don't know if they're probably not going to be competing for the division this year. Yep. Maybe a wild card spot if things work out exactly how they want it to. But they're definitely not going to be competing much at all without David Dahl. Yeah. And another pickup that they made was Nate Lau mm-hmm. um, to re- kind of replace Ronald Guzman Thank at first base. God. I Ronald know. Guzman. I'm going to say this on the radio. <laughs> so all of Austin, and I hope he's not listening to this because I'm sure he's a great guy from everything I've heard. Ronald Guzman is the worst first baseman in all of baseball. <laughs> I cannot stand watching this guy play first base. I mean, not play first base. He's a good defensive first baseman. But at the plate... Oh my God! It's I do not. I can. It's it's bewildering to me <laughs> how this guy still gets regular at bats for a major league team. Yeah, I'm so serious. I just wanted. To, I I've I've said this to my friends in private, and also just watching the Rangers in general. I have to use this outlet to release my frustration. He's Ronald the Guzman, Odor, a first baseman. The Rugnet Odor, and that's terrible. <laughs> Rugnet Odor is an awful baseball player. Yeah. He's not good at baseball. I mean, he's an MLB player, so he's better than you know. But as far as MLB players go. <laughs> Dude, Ronald Guzman might be the worst hitting first baseman in all of baseball. Yeah. And so I, I saw that trade, and it's Brandon Lau. It's like, okay, it's Brandon Lau, whatever. Like, he's an all right guy. But an improvement over Ronald Guzman? God, yes. I'm so happy about that. Like, please, God, I don't have to watch Ronald Guzman hit anymore. Hallelujah, man. Let's get it. I agree. And, and having Guzman there, you know, he always does well in spring training. And, it's, and it sucks because he makes the team. Same thing with Odor. They do well in spring training, and then they come out in the regular season and they're they're just crap. You hear this with Odor every single year in spring, in, in spring training. You can say you can say crap. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that bad word. <laughs> okay, but as you were saying, Rugnet Odor does this every single year. Every year he does this. You see spring training. He's made a new adjustment in his swing. He has a new attitude at the plate. He's got a new outlook on life. It's the same thing every single year with Rugnet Odor. And you know he actually sometimes he will perform. In spring training, and will make Rangers fans be like, "Oh, maybe like he's going back to 2015 Rugnet Odor, where you know he punched Joey Batista and he hit like 280 and hit like 25 bombs and was a good second baseman." But no, dude, this guy, Rugnet Odor and Ronald Guzman, I mean, good they, guys, they I'm sure. We have to move on from them. Le- but le- we will move on. Let's do that. Yeah. Before I talk about them some more. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like I, I could go on all day. No, I mean like the Rangers <laughs> need to move on from them. Oh, I I oh, okay, I didn't for mean sure. Like I thought us. I thought oh, the no. show. Okay. No, I meant like the Rangers. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yes, the Rangers do need to. You're right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. indeed. Uh, uh, yes, indeed. Correct. But I didn't mean you know. to come off like a dick there. Oh no, 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 no. I, was, I just thought you were trying to move the show along. I was no, like, no, okay, no. I respect it, but you know what I mean. But yeah, no, Rugnet Odor. I'm sure that will be. Coming. In fact, I still wanted to go into one more thing about the Rangers okay. before we move Let's on to the Astros. I don't know how you feel about Nick Solak. I want him to be really good. I I see I see Michael Young in him. I don't know if I see Michael Young. I don't know if he has the defensive uh, prowess as Michael Young does, um, but he definitely does have the hit tool. Watching Nick Solak hit, this guy is a professional hitter. I mean, we have guys up and down the lineup that we're hoping, like IKF and 
you know, um, Rugnet Odor even. I mean, the shields that are guys that we hope can hit a little bit better than what we expect them to hit, you know, in that 250, 260 level. But Solak is one of those guys in our lineup that actually has a plus hit tool. And we don't have that very – I mean, when you look at plus hit tools throughout our lineup, I mean, Joey Gallo, he has a power his, – his power tool, is, that's, that's his big tool. So he's not a guy that's going to hit 300, you know what I mean? So you have a guy like Nick Solak. If the Rangers want to be good, especially in years coming, like we're gonna have to guy, we're gonna have to get that guy to be really, really good because, like I said, he is one of the guys in this lineup with the hit tool that's capable of doing so. Yeah. So really good player for sure. All right. Well, now these two Ranger fans are gonna have to cover the Astros. <laughs> so we have the Astros versus the Cardinals in Jupiter. That's Jupiter, Florida, not the planet. Uh, we have Miles Straw playing center field. Jose Altuve playing second base. Carlos Correa, grade-A weirdo, playing shortstop. Kyle Tucker playing right field. Wait. Yuli Gurriel Wait. first. Carlos Correa is a grade-A weirdo? He's weird, man. Why? Uh, have you, have you like, seen his Instagram? I feel like no. he's one of those people that has uh, himself, like, pictures of himself framed Wait. around him. I want to I don't want – we shouldn't just blow by that. I want to know this. Though. I want to know why <laughs> you think he's a grade-A weirdo. Go into depth about this. Okay. Well, he seems like a guy like A-Rod that's, like, really full of himself. Okay. And I feel like he he would probably like you'd go into his house and he would have paintings of himself naked. And you're getting all this just from his Instagram. Yeah. You think that he has naked pictures of himself on his on his wall? That that's how I get it. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's just the vibe that he gives off. Then I guess he, he just seems like a weirdo. Okay, for sure. <laughs> Anyways, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. Then we had Kyle Tucker playing right field. Oh, we already said that. Uh, we had Stubbs playing catcher. Stubbs. And then we have uh, Abraham Toro playing third base. Martin Maldonado playing DH. The pitcher was just Emmanuel. I couldn't find the rest. I'm sure that they are going to have some other pitchers throw, but mm. uh, they are down eight pitchers due to the Rona. Yeah. So crazy stuff there. Yeah, Corona's getting everybody, man. It's going to get everyone at some point. I'm sure. I mean, we've seen it. As we can do a whole segment about Corona and the MLB and how much it's going to impact, especially whenever the season comes. But if you look at the NBA, like it's going to happen inevitably. So I mean, especially with 25 guys on the on the roster, 26 now maybe I think right, yeah. 26 now. You're going to get some COVID cases, and it's definitely going to affect it. So you're seeing it early on in spring training. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we touched on this earlier in, in first base when they, we announced the Odorizzi signing. So starting pitching is now a really big weakness for the Astros. Mm-hmm. Forrest Whitley's looking at the possible Tommy John surgery. The Framber alert. Framber's looking at finger surgery. So they did sign up, sign Jake Odorizzi to a two-year deal. I think they might have overpaid for him, actually. For Odorizzi? Two years, thirty million. Yeah, well, like you said, they had to. So mm-hmm. it's it's sort of how the market works, you know. What I mean, it's a it's a wants and it's a it's a cause and demand or not cause and demand. I'm sorry. So what's the, what's supply the and demand? Supply and demand. I don't yeah. even know why I've been, I got <laughs> cause and effect and supply and demand. Like, <laughs> but yeah, supply and demand. You know, what I mean, so they they really needed a starting pitcher that could actually eat some innings for them and yep. wouldn't be bad at doing it. So yeah, they had to overpay, but like I said, they had to. They're really betting on his 2019 performance because in 2020 he only had four starts. Um, he had a blister, so yeah. he really had a lot of trouble. I mean, 2020, 2020, I mean, it's weird. It's a weird year just with COVID and everything. I, I even saw Joey Gallo's numbers earlier. I mean, I watched him last year, too. But, you know, I mean, it's just like it's such an aberration. You know, I mean, it's such a weird year. And while, yes, it did count, absolutely, I don't know. I just feel like it's a little bit different than a hun- the 162 grind. You know, I mean, it's 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 obviously different inherently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the injury news, Bregman's feeling better. He's progressing after his hamstring injury. And then we had some prospects to watch. We had Jeremy Pena. Second base and shortstop. I mean, obviously, number one on this list was Forrest Whitley, but unfortunately, we probably won't be able to watch him. You know, he's a he's a guy that that is actually pretty close to, not to me personally, but I saw him play. He he pitched in Alamo Heights. He pitched against our school. Um, he threw two no hitters against us. <laughs> uh, just crazy great talent. Uh, Alamo Heights is right there in San Antonio. So wait, you didn't hit off of him though, did you? 
No, I didn't. Okay, you it probably, was actually so you're probably a little too young, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I was still in middle school when right. it happened, but I was I was like watching one of the games. Oh yeah, I'm sure you were in amazement. I would have been too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, and he's a huge guy too, six seven. Uh, I think he was two twenty five at the time he was drafted, so he might be a little I didn't realize how heavier big a boy now. He was six seven, two twenty five. That's not that much weight for someone who's six seven, is it? Yeah, no, not really. He's but skinny almost. But I mean, for a pitcher, I'm sure he's yeah, he's got the right yeah. build for sure. He was two fifty. I remember reading that he had lost twenty five pounds before the draft. Um, mm-hmm. But his stats were better when he did that. So, yeah, he's looking at possible Tommy John surgery now. And this is a guy who was suspended for peds, too, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, I think his second year in, in professional yeah, baseball. Yeah, so Force Willie has had quite the career trajectory. I mean, I just want to see him pitch in the major leagues just because the guy's stuff is electric. He throws very hard and has a very good stuff. And so I just want to see him pitch. And um, He's really know. good on MLB The Show. Oh, yeah, he's really – I know. <laughs> Trust me, I've, I've the dude's a cheat code on damn near. I mean, yeah. The guy throws <laughs> gas with a wipeout slider. So, you know, I mean, you can use that guy on the show. But, yeah, like I said, I just want to see this guy get in the majors at some point. But looks like we're going to have to wait on that. Yeah. Uh, we have Pedro Leon. He's the prized international signing. He might be a George Springer um, kind of replacement. Hope not. And, yeah. But um, <laughs> let's see. Reddit, this is the thing I was talking about earlier. Because they did, uh, after after the pitching news and the injury news for the Astros was announced, Reddit had a poll on who they think is going to win the AOS. Rangers had, like, 20 votes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Athletics had 370 votes. The Astros had 350 votes. I know as Ranger fans, you know, we just realize the Athletics never go away. No. They're always there no matter what. No. I they're mean like they're like um <laughs> never mind, that's that's a bad thing. I was going to say it's like when you're you're taking a dump and <laughs> and you keep wiping, right? And it's like you're wiping a permanent marker <laughs> and, and it just <laughs> won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess they're just the uh, the Oakland Athletics are a permanent skid mark. Says yeah. says Colton. <laughs> I'll distance myself from that comparison, but Colton says that. <laughs> yeah, I've experienced. No, that. but <laughs> no, but uh, you. Wait, wait, what? You didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> I've experienced that. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I met the Athletics. I've experienced them. Oh, okay. Like they never all right, go all away, right. even though the Rangers all right. are good. Yes, correct. <laughs> to your point, yes, the Athletics. Um, I mean, just in baseball in general, good teams stay good usually because they have good leadership in place and good front offices in place. And so whenever that's why I always say bad teams stay bad, too, is because, you know, you're usually going to go in the direction of your front office. And so whenever you have a guy like Billy Bean calling the shots, you're usually always going to be in good shape to at least secure a wild card spot. And if you get a little bit of help and a little bit of luck, you're going to be in contention for a World Series. And so, you know, I mean, they lost Marcus Simeon, uh, Liam Hendricks. Um, this offseason, but they went and got Mitch Moreland. Um, shout out him. Loved him as a Ranger. Elvis Andrus, also shout out him. Loved him as a Ranger. Um, they, yeah, so they got some former Rangers, but yeah, so they went out and did some things. And I could actually, I could, I, th- I think there's some stock in that. I mean, I think they could take over the division from the Astros, especially because I think the Astros are going to struggle to keep guys from scoring a lot of runs off of them. Their, ro- yeah. their lineup's going to be really good. Um, but if they have any injury problems, like with their lineup, their rotation isn't that strong enough to sustain that. And neither is their bullpen. So I don't know. I could definitely see that. All right, so we're going to move on to third base. This is where we touch on our school's team, the UT Longhorn baseball team. I'm really excited to have you along for this, yeah. Brett, because I know you're the bullpen. You were the bullpen catcher. I was. Uh, so that's pretty sweet. Once upon a time. Yep. So the team is six and five. So we're above 500 for our winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Won both games. I know I mentioned this uh, last last week that the games versus Texas State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They were really going to be games to kind of boost your morale. Yeah, um, 
kind of like how football has those teams. Like I think last year against UTEP. <laughs> I mean, well, don't get me wrong. Uh, Texas State, they they win their conference every year. Usually, they're a pr- they're a pretty good baseball program. So whenever you go against guys, and whenever, especially whenever Texas State goes against UT. Texas State is always going to have their number one guy go against Texas just because they want to win that game. A win against Texas means something to Texas State, especially if they want to get into postseason play. They want to have that on their resume. And so whenever Texas goes against Texas State, you think, yeah, it's just Texas State. They suck. You know what I mean? But, no, Texas State, they win their conference usually every year. And they have some guys. And so especially on Friday, or their Friday guys, they're going to pitch him on Wednesday whenever they're going to go against UT. They see that on the schedule, and they're going to clear out for that. So so the fact – and Texas still won 10-3. And so that's a good win for Texas, but and they also won twelve to one against Texas A and M Corpus Christi. And while yes, that's good for morale, it's important to win these games because I remember back in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, whenever I was uh, bullpen catching for UT, we actually lost that game uh, to Texas A and M Corpus Christi, and that was probably the most upset I've ever seen David Pierce be uh, at his team was whenever we lost to Texas A and M Corpus Christi. Wow. It was not a fun time, um, but yeah. So those wins are important, you know. What I mean, because if you lose them, they're bad. You know, I mean, obviously, winning is good and losing is bad, but. You know, these these aren't these aren't just pushovers either. You're gonna get their best guys. Um, so let's see. The Longhorn pitching staff threw a combined two hitter against the Islanders. Matt Antico he gets the double, and then in like an inning later he gets the homer. Mm-hmm. Four runs in the first inning. Kubitschek was nasty. Kubitschek. One hit allowed for him. Uh, do you have any familiarity with Colby any of them? Kubitschek? Oh yeah, I yep. I, uh, I actually caught Colby Kubitschek quite a lot. I mean, I was a bullpen catcher, so I caught I caught quite a few bullpens. But I was talking about Sam Dyson earlier. Colby uh-huh. Kubitschek is almost like Sam Dyson with his movement. I don't wow. know if you've seen him pitch before, but if you haven't, you need to. This guy, his sinker, you, they can't see it on on the radio again or on Spotify, but it moves six to eight inches. I mean, not even, I don't even know if it moves that much, but it moves a lot. Yeah. His slider is on the same plane. He, 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 he comes from a three-quarter angle that's like, you know, it's not it's not really sidearm, but, you know, it's really, really, if you haven't, if, I don't know if he has an overlay available to see anywhere, but the slider and two-seam overlay for Colby Kubitschek, this guy is going to be really, really good just because he has so much. He was one of the hardest guys for me to catch. I'm just because That's what I'm saying. Because he has, I mean, he has some of the best movement I've ever experienced. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't see how guys hit off of him. Yeah. But, yeah, he is really, really good. Just be excited for Colby Kubitschek. All right. So, UT Longhorn fans, you heard it right there. Be excited for Colby Kubitschek. And uh, the offense got 15 hits. And then we had uh, UT versus Texas State. Big win for the Horns. Last week's hero, Palmer Wenzel, he came up huge. He gets the win on the mound, and Trey Faltine leads the charge on offense and drives in four runs. Sammy. Silas Orduin. Uh He had a huge game, two mm-hmm. for four with three RBIs, and the pitching's doing great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, is that against Texas State, or is that against uh, uh, That was against Texas State. Yeah. Uh, for Silas to have a big game like that is a big deal, um, just because Texas is going to need to get production out of guys like Silas. Um, whenever you look at the rotation, like you said, and the bullpen, they are stacked. You have guys like you have Ty Madden, you have Tristan Stevens, you have Colby Kubitschek, you have Coy Cobb. The list goes – I mean, they have a bunch of freshmen that are performing well already. Mm-hmm. You have Cole Quintanilla. You have – the list goes on and on and on, especially with COVID-19 and a lot of guys getting that extra year. They are loaded in the pen. I mean, they have guys that could be starting on Fridays and Saturdays at huge schools that are in their bullpen right now just because there's an overflux of talent. And so whenever it comes to guys like Silas Ardoin, or Silas, sorry, I mean Silas, if you're listening, please don't kill me. But Silas Ardoin, if you have guys like that performing, like you know, you're gonna have to, you're gonna need guys like that to perform, just because um, it's really the the, the lineup is gonna what it's, it's what's gonna dictate whether this team is good because they have the pitching. They mm-hmm. just need the guys. They just need guys to um, to hit in key situations, 
And whenever you have guys, you know, with runners in scoring position and things like that, you're going to need the guys that are at the bottom of the lineup like Silas to produce. And then after that, we opened up a three-game series against the University of Houston, the Cougars. So we had one win over the Coug- uh Sorry, a one nothing win over the Cougars in game one. Ty Madden. Ty Madden. Crazy stuff, mm-hmm. man. Through a complete game with 14 strikeouts. It's the first Longhorn shutout since Nolan Kingham in 2017 mm-hmm. against Kansas State. Ty uh, Madden. He's... He's the real deal, right? Oh, Ty Madden is all velo and all – he's a huge guy coming right at you, coming right down the mound. I mean, the way from where he releases the ball, his arms are so long, it's almost like the ball is almost to the plate whenever – if you're a hitter, it's so hard to hit off of him. And so, I, yeah, I was I, I caught Ty Madden as well. This dude threw the hardest out of anybody that I caught. I mean, he, he throws fire. And this guy – He's got. He's also a really, really hard worker as well. This yeah. is a guy that's going to get drafted probably in the top ten in the draft this year. I mean, it's it's pretty widely regarded as. I mean, if you look at you know uh, draft boards and scouts and everything like that. But yeah, this guy's shove. And so the biggest thing for Ty um, is going to have to be throwing strikes. And yeah, he did a really, really good job of that on, against Houston on Friday. Yeah, I mean, eleven strikeouts last week against BYU. Mm-hmm. Fourteen here against um, against Houston. I mean, the guy's stuff is overpowering. When you're not, if you're a, if you're a guy like. A, a college kid, like it's it's hard to hit against this guy. This guy <laughs> is pro ready almost with just fastball, just stuff. I bet, so. yeah. Uh, in game two, we had a loss, three to two, in extra innings. I think it went eleven innings. Yeah. Um, to a walk off homer, Tanner mm-hmm. Witt, he did a great job out of the bullpen. Trey Faltine, great day at the plate, just not enough help from the other horns on offense. Yeah, I mean Houston's a really good team, so it's hard. It's always hard to sweep a really good team like Houston, especially on the road. Like even if you're a really good team like Texas and you play against a not so good team, it's still hard. It's still really hard to beat that team three times in a row, especially yeah. as a program like Houston. Um, but yeah, Texas they didn't play bad. Uh, Tristan Stevens started. I was surprised to see that he started. I didn't know that he was um, actually starting games now, um, just because he was he's been out of the bullpen almost his entire career at UT, and he's a guy that throws primarily uh, excuse me primarily sliders. Okay. Uh, if you watch him pitch, like it's almost it's slider, 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 fastball. I think it's the same now. I didn't see him pitch yesterday. Um, but, yeah, he's got some – he's really talented as well. He's really hard work. He's, he's battled back through some injuries. Um, but, yeah, he, he pitched pretty well. Wow. Well, yeah. Palmer Wenzel came in to shut things down. Uh, RBI triple happened in Houston, and then the momentum kind of shifted. I know, like, that happens a lot in baseball mm-hmm. uh, where the momentum can just kind of shift. And after that triple um, in that inning, it just seems like it shifted. And then Aaron Nixon came in. He pitched well in the ninth and the tenth, and then in the eleventh, the homer um, just sealed the win for the Cougars. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it happens. Like you, it's hard. It's hard to sweep teams like Houston. Yeah. What this is really more um, symbolic of is just really how much depth that this Texas team has in their bullpen. I mean, these are freshmen. Tanner Witt came out of the bullpen and gave you two and one third scoreless. Yeah. I mean, then you had freshman Aaron Nixon. He came out and he tossed two and a third scoreless before he gave up that solo bomb. I mean, these are freshmen. I mean, I, I I mentioned those guys earlier. They didn't even pitch. So, like, that just gives you sort of an idea of sort of the crazy, insane amount of depth that this Texas baseball team has. And that, I, well, yes, you want to win these games, obviously. And you, uh, obviously all these guys would have rather won this game. But, yeah, it just is really more indicative of how much depth this team has. Yeah, it's definitely exciting to be a, a UT Longhorn baseball fan. Oh, for sure. And uh, we have the final game today, actually, March 7th mm-hmm. at 1.30 p.m. So it's actually right kicking now. off already, 30 minutes in, mm-hmm. about. We're so timely. Yeah, that's Hella crazy. Timely. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the Cougars. Hopefully we can get a win right here, win the series. That would push our record to 7-5. and five. Yeah, that would be a big deal for us if they were able to get that win today. That'd be great. And then uh, a game versus Sam Houston on March 9th. So what, that's on Tuesday? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tuesday. Like I said earlier, just as a as a as a message, because like you said, you know, the days are just really for morale. These t- <laughs> Sam Houston, not a bad program, and like I said, you usually get those guys. You get the best guys. Sam Houston, they, they probably will throw their Friday guy on Tuesday, okay. just because they want they everyone wants to get that they want to get that notch in their belt against Texas. They want to get that win just on their resume, and, uh, and plus you just want to say that you beat Texas if you're a team like if you're a mid major like Sam Houston. So you know, just keep on keep an eye on that. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. And then we have a weekend series next weekend versus South Carolina. That's mm-hmm. going to be a good one. It's going to be exciting because South Carolina, I believe, is undefeated right now. Yeah. And so they are really, really good. Yeah. I'm definitely going to see who they pitch, uh, who the Horns decide to pitch. Yeah. And um, see if their lineup can just keep keep it going, how they did versus uh, Texas State and the Islanders, and just do it against uh, South Carolina. That'd yeah. be nice. Like I said – this team has all the talent in the world in the rotation and also in the bullpen. I mean, there's uh, there's almost too much talent. I mean, I, there, there's going to be some guys that should pitch more innings this year than they than that they, you know and they won't. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's just going to come down to the lineup. They have to produce whenever they have runners on running in scoring position. You got to get guys on base in the first place. It's just going that's what it's going to come down to. And so yeah, they gotta they gotta produce at the plate. Yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, so would you say that? We have a good shot of winning the the series against South Carolina. Yeah, I would say so. Especially anytime you have a, a rotation that is you're gonna get you're gonna get Ty Madden on Friday and you're gonna get two really good starters on Saturday and Sunday. So anytime you have a guy like you give that guy a, the ball or yeah. any of those guys the ball on the weekend, you're always gonna have a shot. Regardless if you if you have if you have three hits on the game in the game, you know there's always a chance that Ty Madden's gonna go the distance. There's always a chance that whoever starts on Saturday and Sunday is gonna give you some really quality innings. So, yeah, I like our chances against South Carolina this weekend. Sweet. That's going to be awesome. And it's like kicking off spring break, too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it'll be fun for sure. Yeah. And the weather's getting beautiful and everything again. It's going to be a great time to be at Dish Falk if you're a UT student. You need to Yeah, I mean, this is the first there. time I've had like a free spring break in like four years mm-hmm. playing baseball. No, I agree. <laughs> Trust me, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to home plate. That'll do it for third base. We're running around the bases, going past third, and we're getting we're it flying. to home. Flying, dude. Arms spread out, you know it, like a T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we talk about today? In first base, we had talking about the injuries with Kellenick, then the Astros, Odorizzi, Framber, and Whitley. Huge head, uh, Framber. Yes, he's got a ginormous head. <laughs> Most important takeaway from the show is his head is insanely big. It's uh, unproportional. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there were some things that we actually missed on first base. So Joey Gallo is king. Yeah, love Joey Dude. Gallo. Home run in every single game that he's played in so far. Uh, that is my guy. I I was you can ask any of my friends. I was a big Joey Gallo when everyone was like hating Joey Gallo whenever he was in like 180 and like was striking out 200 times a year. I was yeah. like, just give this guy a chance, just wait on it. And then he almost and then he like went to the All Star game and like killed it. I was like, yep. Do that. The only pitch he's seen in an All Star game is only at bat mm-hmm. a home run. That's my guy. I love Joey Gallo. That's what he does, Joey mm-hmm. Gallo. Uh, let's see, Trevor Bauer. He threw an inning again uh, for the Dodgers. With one eye shut, he's so quirky. He's so isn't quirky. He? He's so good. These guys. I mean, like <laughs> I said, I, we're gonna have a whole show. Probably, I want to do a whole episode in which we just talk about for an hour just of just how much, how much of an alien these guys are. Like these guys <laughs> just are not human. That's not normal. You shouldn't be able to throw <laughs> strikes and dominate with an eye closed. I'm sorry. That's just not normal. And I like we should just talk about that for a second. That's just important to talk about, just because it's not normal, man. Yeah. Like he's just so good. Like he's like, you know what? They can't hit me with with, with two eyes open. I bet they probably can't hit me with one eye open either. <laughs> so shout out Trevor Bauer though. He's really cool. I like Trevor Bauer. Yeah, me too. Great personality. Mm-hmm. Great for the game. Absolutely. All righty. So we had a lot of great things to talk about. We uh, talked about the Astros. We went in depth with Longhorn baseball with Brett. Brett, do you have any final thoughts? Anything? Um, my final thought is, uh, 
Framber has a huge head. I guess that's it in conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> in conclusion, man. <laughs> and thank yeah. y'all. And it was a blast. I can't wait to do it next week. Oh, thank you very much, Brett. It's great to have you here. This is Around the Bases. I hope everybody enjoyed this show. Stay tuned for next week. Yeah. Stay great. Watch baseball. Have a good one. <laughs>